0: You're listening to episode 32 of the Becoming Aligned podcast. Welcome to Becoming Aligned, where we'll step away from the busyness of our days to explore what it looks and feels like to create meaningful lives that align with our personal values. My guests have found their own unique way to navigate through the distractions, the pressures, and the expectations of everyday life. And in the process, they've discovered the freedom to be truly themselves, to tune into their own heart and to honor their own unique voice. I'll explore what motivates them, what challenges them and what strategies help them work towards their goal in a way that nourishes their mind and body. I believe everyone has a story to share, and then we become a stronger community when we're able to listen and learn from those around us. I'm your host, Maureen Ryan, the founder of Ryan Wellness. a Chicago-based self-discovery mentor and Pilates instructor. I hope these conversations will serve as inspiration and as a reminder that it's not about perfection, but the process of becoming aligned. Hi, everyone. This is my second solo episode of the series in which I'm sharing a bit more about my story and my journey to becoming aligned. If you missed the last episode, please check it out before listening to this one. It'll just make things easier to understand. I decided to create this short series in the hopes that it'll help you along your own personal journey and also give you a better understanding of the Becoming Aligned process, which is the basic structure and the foundation for my coaching program, and also my upcoming online course, which I'll be sharing more about in 2020. In the last episode, I shared about a period in my life where I was feeling really stuck, Things weren't working out as planned, and my inner critic was working overtime. From the outside, everything looked fine. I had a great job. I had just earned my master's degree in school counseling. I had a wonderful group of friends and a nice home. I was fortunate in so many ways, but I almost felt like I was disappearing. And whenever I say that, I can't help but think of the scene from Back to the Future. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I felt like I was fading away. I was becoming a shell of a person and losing my voice and sense of self. I was just feeling really alone and frustrated, like a little mouse on a wheel, working so hard, but never getting anywhere. And I would ask myself, why aren't things working out for me? They seem to be working out for other people. And from my perspective at the time, it had to be because there was something wrong with me. I wasn't smart enough, outgoing enough, pretty enough, interesting enough. The list could go on and on. I just wasn't enough. I wasn't good enough. I had very little self-compassion for myself. To be honest, at that time in my life, I think I would have thought self-compassion was a way of being easy on yourself and not pushing yourself to your fullest potential. I didn't really understand what self-compassion was. So I'll take a little bit of time later to explain in case you're in the same boat that I was in. The irony was that I was very supportive, encouraging, and kind to other people. I thought it was the best way to get the most out of my students, my athletes, and people in my life. But for some reason, I wasn't applying that understanding and knowledge to myself. There was a little drill sergeant living inside my head and she was running the show. I didn't realize it at the time, but self-compassion was what I needed to help release me from the downward pull and the weight of all of the shoulds in my life. Let's talk about shoulds for a minute, because I know it's something I refer to again and again, and here's what I'm talking about. From a very young age, we receive messages and feedback about how we should behave and act and look in order to be successful and fit in and belong to different groups. We receive these messages from society, family and friends, social media, and just by observing interactions with people. It's not always a direct message, but you begin to see patterns and begin to understand these almost unwritten rules. I think it's interesting because we all tune into and pick up on slightly different messages. I'm sure I interpreted the lessons from my family and from church and from my friends in a different way than my brothers did, and we grew up in the same home. And for the most part, these are not necessarily bad messages, unless the group you're trying to belong to is a hate group of some sort, and you feel like you should take on their expectations in order to fit in and belong. But normally, these these messages are just incomplete. We don't get the full picture or the full story. In my situation, I was taking on the role of good girl. I was the rule follower, the hard worker. It sounds pretty harmless, right? And it would be if my sense of self-worth didn't depend on whether or not I fit into this rule and met the expectations clearly outlined in my copy of the Good Girl Rulebook. (laughs) So what are some of these expectations? What are some of the unwritten rules that weigh heavily on you? I would love to hear your thoughts and hear more about what is in your copy of your rulebook. For me, I think rule number one in the Good Girl Rulebook is smile and be happy, no matter what. Push your own feelings aside and put a smile on your face. Make the people around you feel comfortable and be positive. Granted, there is a power in smiling, and it can bring us a positive feeling, like I like to smile. But there's also a danger in pushing aside or dismissing your own feelings to meet the expectations of others. Rule number two, put the needs of others ahead of your own. In some way, this sounds like such a beautiful sentiment, and it's one we often hear. I just saw it on Facebook the other day. There's no doubt that it's important that we all look after and take care of one another. But I firmly believe that you'll be able to make a bigger difference in this world if you make yourself a priority. For a few reasons, I'll go through a little list here. You'll just have more to give. And it'll help prevent burnout and overwhelm, which is something that most good girls and caretakers deal with at some point in their lives. You'll be truly giving from the heart, which is more positively received and welcomed. Something I discovered is that when I was giving with an expectation that I would receive something back in return in the form of acceptance or appreciation, even though I wasn't exactly aware of that expectation at the time, I was giving from a place of lack rather than a place of abundance and I noticed that when I was giving from this place of lack that it wasn't always appreciated or I felt taken for granted and it boiled down to the fact that I was taking myself for granted and that I wasn't filling myself up and I was putting that that ownership on another person to fill me up in a sense. There's also a risk that we can lose a connection to ourselves when we primarily focus our energy on others. I like to think of it in this way. There's there's two sides of the coin. There's a side where someone is so focused on their needs, and there's a side where someone is so focused on the needs of others. And it's interesting because these people are often drawn to each other. I think the sweet spot is finding a middle ground where there's kind of this mutual giving and receiving. And I think when we find that middle ground, we're also able to attract people who are in that same position as us. Rule number three, don't ask for help. Don't impose on others. Have your shit together. I I don't really think I need to explain that much more than that. (laughs) Rule number four, work hard. Be persistent. Do the very best you can at all times. This is a rule that I'll explore a bit more in future episodes, because I think this one can be a tricky one. It's wonderful to have a strong work ethic. It's something I take pride in, personally. It's an asset. As long as it doesn't define you and isn't a measure of your worthiness. And that's so tied into our culture, so I think it's an important one to unpack a little bit. I also think it's important to be aware of how work and even work in the form of exercise can be a way to avoid dealing with our feelings. Obviously, there are so many benefits to exercise. I've pretty much devoted my entire career to health and wellness and fitness, but there can be an unhealthy side as well, and I think it's important to be aware of that. But I plan to dive into all of this and share my own experience in another episode. There are so many more rules in in my copy of the Good Girl Rulebook, but I think these four give you a pretty good idea of the shoulds that I was wrestling with. These shoulds were like quicksand, pulling me down and depleting my energy. The harder I worked to measure up to the shoulds in my life and to fulfill those external expectations, the more I was pulled away from who I really was and what I was really all about. I would sink deeper into this feeling of unworthiness. It became a terrible cycle. Self-compassion was like grabbing hold of Wonder Woman's golden lasso. I had to Google this to make sure I was using the correct terms, and I was reminded that it was actually a golden lasso of truth, which is even more amazing because self compassion pulled me out of the depths of unworthiness and allowed me to reconnect to my own truth. And that's a dramatic metaphor, <laughs> but I hope it gets the point across that in order to break the cycle, I needed to own my own story with love and self compassion. I couldn't continue to allow my inner drool sergeant to run the show because that led me to believe that I wasn't enough, and that I needed to do more to be more. I couldn't continue to look at my life as if something was wrong with me and I needed to fix it, because I began to realize that there were reasons I had my copy of The Good Girls Rulebook. There were reasons I picked up on the messages that I did. It wasn't anyone's fault, there was no need for blame, just acceptance and compassion. You can only know what you know, and that can be so frustrating, but it's true. But if you're curious and open, you can begin to see other perspectives. And I began to see that there wasn't anything wrong with me. I didn't need fixing. It was time for me to accept and acknowledge and embrace all aspects of who I was. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds pretty uncomfortable and awkward in so many ways. There's a part of me that would prefer to power through and not take this route because it's not easy. Feeling my feelings and accepting and embracing where I was in life sounded weak, and the last thing I wanted to be seen as was weak. But this is where self-compassion comes in. I've come to learn that self-compassion requires so much strength and courage. According to Kristen Neff, the author of the book Self-Compassion, there are three parts. One is self-kindness, looking at yourself with understanding rather than punishment. Number two is common humanity, which means recognizing no one's life is perfect and that you are not alone in your suffering. Most of us do a pretty good job of covering it up, but we all experience it. Number three, mindfulness. Being able to recognize and tune into when you are stressed or struggling. Creating an awareness, which is so important because there are so many distractions in today's world. For me, my experience as a runner gave me a glimpse into how self-compassion could apply to my life. I think back to my competitive running days. A piece of advice I would offer to other runners and remind myself of regularly was to embrace the challenge, embrace the hills, embrace the wind, embrace the pain. And to be clear, by pain, I don't mean injury type of pain, just the good burning lungs, tired legs feeling. I would sincerely try to embrace these things, welcome them even, thank them for being there because they were going to help me test myself and allow me to be a, become a better runner. In a race or in practice, there is like no point in fighting against these challenges. The hills, the winds, the discomfort will be there, whether you want them to be or not. We all will experience it. If you choose to fight against or resist, your body will tense up, as will your mind, and then it's game over. But if you're able to be open and accept that discomfort is part of the process and part of the growth and welcome it to the party, you can sort of become friends or at least companions who are in the journey together. Now, this is absolutely a process and one that I still work at. So while my story is a bit summarized here in an effort to keep it brief, I practice this on a regular basis. And that means I don't always get it right but I keep showing up and working on it because I believe self-compassion has the power to heal and that healing needs to start with us first, but then we'll be able to express this type of compassion to others, to those who are different than us, who may not fit perfectly into the shoulds or our rule books, and we'll be able to begin to see and recognize their worth and their value, and I believe that will make the world a better place. Thank you so much for listening. I know I barely touched the surface on self-compassion. If you're interested in learning more, there's a wonderful book by Kristen Neff that that I mentioned earlier, and I'll put that in a link in the show notes. And it's something I do plan to talk about and share more about in my blog and social media. So please consider following me or subscribing on my website to receive those emails. My friend Ilona is also a self-compassion coach and she's lovely. So if this topic really hit home with you, check her out. I'll link to her in the show notes as well. And finally, if this series or if this episode resonated with you, please let me know. It feels a bit awkward to be talking to myself in this microphone and, and sharing my story, but I do really believe in this work and I do want to share it with others. So I would love and greatly appreciate it if this was something of value to you that you would help me spread the word and share it as well. Thank you so much. Looking forward to sharing part three of the series with you in two weeks' time. Until then, take care. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Becoming Aligned. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Becoming Aligned and rate and review this podcast. I'm Maureen Ryan, and I hope you'll join us next time. Take care.